Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-Getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Hi, welcome to Go-Getters. I'm your host, Joe Buck. We're here today in person with two Lehigh alumni and on Zoom with one. All of them are recent graduates and founders of their own entrepreneurial ventures. Gianna Jara is the founder of With Marakiko. She graduated in 2022 with a degree in biomedical engineering. Also with us in studio is Brian Kispe. He's the co-founder of Occutrap. He received a degree in finance and economics in 2020 and his master's in applied economics in 2022. And on Zoom with us today, but fully participating, is Serena Karim. Serena is the founder of FollowQ. She also graduated in 2022 with a degree in bioengineering, biomechanics, and biomaterials. Welcome to you all. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. These alumni are the first founders involved in Lehigh's Ventures Lab. It's a pilot program. It's part of the Baker Institute that helps accelerate early-stage companies. It's the first program designed to support alumni entrepreneurs. Really great to have them here with us today. And I want to ask them to tell us a little bit about their product and what is the stage of their business now. And we'll start with Gianna. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so like Joe said, I'm the founder of With Meraki Co. Um, I pursued it during my senior year, like actively pursued it as a business venture. Um, I had the idea and the scientific background from my degree, but I didn't actively pursue until I connected with the Baker Institute and I launched a probiotic prebiotic supplement for urinary and vaginal health. Um, I struggled with urovaginal infections myself during my time at Lehigh. And thankfully, with the help of the Baker Institute, I was able to take my scientific idea and really turn it into a business. And so I launched a probiotic for it. I launched August 14th of this year. So I just hit my three-month anniversary. It's going really well. I'm having so many testimonials of so many women saying that this probiotic has changed their life the same way it's changed mine with um, not having any more recurrent or chronic infections. So it's pretty pretty exciting to get that feedback now. So well, congratulations to you, you. Um, Serena. Tell us about FollowQ, please. What FollowQ is is I create custom hair care products based off of a hair analysis, and we're also bringing the analysis. Um, we're also incorporating the analysis with your phone, so you can do the analysis at home, and we'll give you product recommendations and customization recommendations based off of the results of the analysis. And um, my journey with Baker was like started from the very beginning. I was also I also minored in entrepreneurship, so I knew about the Baker Institute. Then I worked for the Baker Institute, so I was always in and out of the offices. And um, right now, um, I'm still full time working on FollowQ and developing analysis and building the software needed for the phone analysis. Um, I also work at a tech company called Dig Labs, and they're 
I'm it's more of an apprenticeship role because my business mentor, I also I was connected with through the Baker Institute and uh, she did like she created custom dog supplements and we we're kind of in the same like customization realm. And um, I'm apprenticing there because she's helping me develop the software I need to conduct the analysis. And did you identify the need for custom hair products based on your own experiences? Yes, I did, actually. Uh, when I was very young, I went to a boarding school. And at the boarding school, like we, we had staff members in charge of taking care of us. And unfortunately for me, the staff member who was in charge of taking care of me had only ever dealt with straight hair. And I have very long, curly hair. And she had no idea how to take care of it. And instead of like learning how and searching on the inter internet or maybe looking at YouTube tutorials, uh, she decided to take me to a hair salon to try to get it cut off. But luckily, like, I didn't get it, like, the hairstylist didn't cut off all my hair. Um, she actually gave me a bunch of hair products and a bunch of hair tools to use. And, like, since then, I was on a over 15-year journey searching for the right product, and I couldn't find one that quite fit me and start, until I started making my own products with Follicue. Well, thank you for being with us today. And let me turn to, to Brian. Okay. Brian, we, we just heard two personal stories that led to business creation. Um, and will you tell us a little bit about OccuTrap? And is there a personal story there that led you to, to think about this business idea? Uh, yes. So me and my co-founder established OccuTrap in 2020. Uh, my co-founder, Graham Patterson, who also graduated with me um, in 2020 in industrial systems engineer, we're always thinking about starting a company because we were roommates for about three years at that point. And we always envisioned starting a company and we looked at various Eureka pitches and we were inspired to start a company such as OccuTrap. And OccuTrap is a smart animal trapping company in which you're able to monitor, manage and control the trap from anywhere and at any time. And we're trying to be the disruptors within this industry because within this industry, it's such an age old way of trapping that they've been trapping the same way for hundreds of years. And it's very traditional in the sense of that they use a cage trap in order to trap whatever they need, but they don't effectively do it and they waste a lot of time and money in regards to doing that. And my involvement in the Baker Institute started in, I guess, the fall of my senior year, which was 2019 going into 2020. Um, and that's when we started like thinking of Eureka pitches, but we never fully involved ourselves in Eureka and participated in it until we applied to the hatchery the summer of 2020 and became a part of that student idea accelerator program in which we actually pivoted our initial initial business idea um, into what is OccuTrap today because we had a different business venture in the beginning, but with the mentorship that we've had with um, at the Baker Institute with Chris Kausman, we were told to pivot and basically change our idea to more of a market viable product um, which is a better direction than what we had before. Um, and all, all of that came into fruition that following year when I started my master's degree and we started participating in more Eurekas. And, and would you, um, and I know any of you could, but you mentioned it a couple of times. Could you explain to our audience what, an, what a Eureka event is at Lehigh? Yes, uh, Eureka is a monthly pitch night event in which there's various students in which they could uh, pitch their ventures everywhere from stage one to stage three. Um, stage one being a napkin sketch idea in which they're able to picture idea, identify a problem, and basically give their ideas for solutions for these problems. So it's a basic napkin sketch idea. Stage two basically involves your napkin sketch idea and their prototype. And so they would see if it's market viable or not. And then stage three is a little bit higher in which they're able to show their prototype, but also show their business model, revenue model, and cost model. 
in order to show that it's a fully viable business and it is um, capable to be in the market. And so that's what we do. And we provide them with not only financial resources, but also mentorship within the Baker Institute. And I'll let the audience behind the scenes a little bit. I asked Brian that question on purpose because he's working for the Baker <laughs> Institute currently, helping our current <laughs> students with their Eureka pitch nights. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Uh, I am currently working on Eureka full time um, with uh, as the young entrepreneur in residence. Um, I'm fully involved in Eureka, everything from setup to planning to actually executing, and then everything that goes afterwards, which is the mentorship part, in which I mentor a lot of the stage one. Um, Ventures, and then my supervisor, which is Chris Kosman, um, who also works for the Baker Institute and is also the entrepreneur residence, works with the higher stages. And so I'm still learning the ways as to how to mentor, but I do mentor these stage one students into a fully executable prototype and give them the confidence and courage to not only continue their venture, but have a successful venture in the future. And we have plans to interview Chris a little bit later this season and have a, a full session with him to get his perspective on working with you all and many of the other students through the Baker Institute. Um, last question quickly, Brian, what, what is the stage of Occutrap currently? Yes. So currently right now we're in our pre-order stage and we're going to be fully launching by 2023 of next year. It's taken us a long and grueling journey of two years, not only figuring out the tech from scratch, but also securing our intellectual property and making sure that nothing gets stolen from like anyone and anything. And also making sure that we have a patent in line as well, um, because we have had um, companies in the past just reach out to us, just asking us about our tech because we didn't know it's such a... Um, revolutionary product within this industry. Thank you. Uh, and Gianna, are you um, focusing all of your time on with Marikiko? So I I do do, I mean, I guess I can say it's full time, but I also have a job. I utilize my engineering degree. I work as a product engineer at ABEC Incorporations. Okay. Um, so I do have that just because, of course, when you start your business, a lot of the money it goes right back into the business and it's not really for yourself. And the reality was I, I had bills to pay. And so I got a full time job as a product engineer. And um, it's really nice because I can balance the two. Um, they're super Super flexible and very, very understanding and supportive even that I have this business and that it's it's something that means a lot to me. So I'm able to kind of do both as a full-time job, which is a lot of work, yeah. but it's it's rewarding. So And and uh, Serena, you said you have a, a additional uh, day job, if I could call it that, um, mm-hmm. uh, as well. But and 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 maybe you said Serena, if I missed it, do you have customers currently? Or are you Yes, I do. Okay, uh, so have... you and Gianna are both selling product, yes. and and Brian's <laughs> close. Yeah, super close. Yeah. Yes. So so let me ask you, uh, Gianna and and Serena. Uh, I'll ask Serena first. Um, and Brian quickly described his path, but but what was your path from from idea to uh, to, to to business? Right. How how did you launch your program? Like it. It obviously both of you mentioned your personal experiences. Um, with uh, vaginal health and with hair care, and um, and that that was where the idea started. But how do you take that personal experience and tell us a little bit about your journey to business creation, please? Serena, I'll ask you to start. I started working on Follicue the fall of my sophomore year, and it was actually in one of my entrepreneurship classes. We were prompted to come up with a business venture that had like a real market, and hair care has always been something I've been really passionate about just because of my experiences. Like I didn't really understand hair that much. So it I had to do a lot of research. And then once the spring came, I took the there's a garage launching class, um, entrepreneurship 311. With, um, and I 
I, my professor was Joshua Erig, and through the class, I kind of, we kind of, he kind of goes through how to like set up like your whole business model, like what your revenue stream should be, like setting up everything so that like if you were to launch a business, you could. Most people come up with like uh, businesses just to work on as projects during the semester, but the entire time I was working on FollowQ, and right before our final presentation on April. 14th. That's when I launched FollowQ. So you had a real idea during you were taking these classes as part of the minor and you were able to work on something that was real as opposed mm -hmm. to um, something that somebody else, a classmate of yours might have just been working on something theoretical. This was a real thing for you and you're able to apply it right away. Gianna, were you exactly. an entrepreneurship minor? I don't know. If... No, I was not. So how did you take your idea to creation? Yeah, I... Once I had my idea after having my own experiences with chronic urinary tract infections, um, it really, I utilized my engineering degree to do some research on the science. Um, I was trying to figure out a solution. I became, I ended up becoming antibiotic resistant to two different kinds of antibiotics. And then the next step was six months of antibiotic therapy. And I just knew that that was a red flag. I knew the growing concern in the United States of antibiotic resistance. And I wanted an alternate solution. And I just used my engineering and scientific mind and started searching on PubMed and CBI and found scholarly articles talking about how important probiotics are for urinary and vaginal health for the female reproductive system and for people with vaginas. And it was kind of at that moment that I said, okay, I really want to study and actually, yeah, study what I was reading. And so I was in senior design as a bioengineer with Professor Jedlica. And that's where I utilized my capstone design to actually showcase how important probiotics are because, you know, I was reading it, but I, I wanted to put the science in front of me. And once I could verify that in a lab and create experiments showcasing the pH altering effects of probiotics and good bacteria and the antimicrobial effects that they have, um, I then after Capstone was like, okay, I believe in probiotics and the power that they have for urinary and vaginal health. I want to turn this into a product, a supplement. And so Chris Cosman actually, by chance, happened to be one of my graders for senior design for one of our design reviews. And he could kind of gauge that I really wanted to take this a step further and lend it a hand and said, if you ever need anything, just reach out. And I kept that in the back of my mind. And then once Capstone was over, I wanted to pursue independent study. And in my independent study, I wanted to then try to take this into a business venture. So I reached out to Chris Cosman and he was like, yes, come to the Baker Institute and let's talk. And so he mentored me and coached me. I mean, I came in with really no business knowledge. Like I, I didn't have a minor in any sort of business entrepreneurship. I really just came in with this as a scientist. And I was like, OK, I'm a sponge. I'm ready to soak up all the information. And so Chris really took the idea and helped me. Um, even I was like, I have a business name. You know, I think this is this is nice. It means a lot to me. Um, I didn't state it in the beginning, but Meraki is a Greek word that means to do something with love, soul and creativity. And because I had this experience and realized how many other women had this experience, um, it meant a lot to me because women's reproductive health is very stigmatized and it's taboo to talk about. And I wanted to break that stigma and allow women to have a space that keeps them it allows them to feel safe seen and heard and i wanted a product that will address the need um and so yeah chris really just heard me and wanted to help me and so the baker institute took me under their wing and i 
I followed the steps of the legal side of everything and um, just generating this product, uh, finding a laboratory to make it and everything. And then, yeah, that led me to launching on the 14th of August. So in in hearing you all describe your path, it it sounds to me that you uh, the Ventures Lab was really designed to meet you where you were, yes. each of you individually, and bring mm-hmm. you along. Yes, fair yes. statement. Absolutely. So I'm going to put put you all on the spot a little bit, and I want to I want to ask each of you what what it is that you have in common, but also what do you admire about each other? That would be interesting, I think, for mm-hmm. for the audience to hear. Brian, you want to go first? Uh, I think we all persevere through a lot of obstacles in the road that obviously a lot of entrepreneurs go through, but a lot of people fail to execute. But I think the thing that we all have in common is, like Serena has said, even in her senior projects and stuff, um, people do it for just a project base or for a class or just as a hobby. But we're taking it full scale when we're actually taking the risk of going through with the actual company and venture. And even if there's bumps in the road or even if there's obstacles, we're able to persevere through that. And I think that's what we all, all have in common. Serena? Uh, when I was younger, I used to have a, I would sell candy at school to like other students. And then um, to launch Follicue, I had a photography business. I was taking laboratory photos because Lehigh is a research-based university. So I was taking laboratory photos for different labs. I was also taking pictures for different events. And then I was working at the Baker Institute and um, working at a hair salon to like get some background knowledge in the hair care industry. And um, I know like entrepreneurship is very scary for a lot of people who don't have experience in business. Um, I like my business experience before Follicue was literally nothing. Like I mentioned the candy business and camera and the photography business, and it's it's nothing compared to what it actually is. And for Brian, we actually met. For our, we were pitching against each other for the oh, yeah. founder and pitch prize. Yes, <laughs> and that's actually how we met. Yeah. Like we, it was via Zoom because it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but we briefly saw each other on the screen. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> um, but that's 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 the first time me and Brian had met, and um, just to see, like that was back in 2020 when that happened, and like now two years later, it's kind of like a full circle moment. Like both of us are in Ventures Lab, but we both competed against each other mm-hmm. as well. So, so perseverance and, and risk tolerance. Um, Gianna, anything to add? Anything you learned from either of these two folks or anything you, you admire from any of your, of your colleagues here? Yeah, I think it's great that we're all young um, minorities in this space. I think like that's given a sense of community with the three of us. It's been really nice to like bond with them. I think that was a good thing going through it. We had like even weekly huddles and just like hearing their perspective and takes on questions that Jamie would ask us during our experience or during the summer uh, program. It was really nice. I just, I admire, I mean, Serena started this in college, which of course is like a difficult thing to handle and juggle with classes and things like that. So I admire that about her. And Brian, I mean, he talked about the obstacles that he's had to face with his co-founder and them starting this. And I think um, a lot of people, when things get tough and it doesn't happen instantaneously, a lot of people can give up. But Brian's done an incredible job at staying true to like the product and really wanting to launch it. And, um, you know, persevering. So yeah, I I admire both of them. I think it gives a sense of community for sure. Any moments of, for any of you, any moments of doubt, uh, any, any moments where you just 
felt like your your kind of back was against the wall? Uh, for me specifically with Aki Trap, I think um, both Gianna and Serena know how long we've been taking just on technology part. And I think over the course of the first year, there were a lot of doubts between me and my co-founder of how how are we going to figure it out? We don't have the capital to not only hire an engineer, but we have to build this from scratch because technology like this isn't easily Googleable or you can't go on YouTube to figure out how to build a product like this. There's no instruction manual. So we basically had to figure out everything from scratch. And every time we ran into like a wall, we just didn't know what to do. And there were a couple of moments within the first year where we couldn't figure out the code or the trap wasn't opening or closing. Simple things like that wasn't working. Um, but even more, um, I guess, harder problems was when we figured out when uh, how the trap works. And once we got it to function, um, we figured out that, that the actual system design was flawed. So there was a lot of things within not only the system design, but also within the software part that was very difficult for us to just manage within the first year. And us being as young as we are, we could have easily just quit and just gone for a full-time job. But we were like, we, we, ha we believe in the product. Our mentor also believed in the product. And he's like, this is a very revolutionary product because there's no other company out there that's doing something similar to you nor have they taken the risk to put research into this type of product within this industry. And, and what challenges are you facing today, Brian? So currently the challenges that we're facing, facing right now are uh, manufacturing because there are shortages of printed circuit boards around the world. Um, and primarily being um, overseas and printed circuit boards are primarily used in everyday consumer electronics. And since that's our main component within the Aki trap, and that's essentially our brains of the trap, um, then it is pivotal for us to get that done and get that completed. And it's also very expensive not only to just make it, but also design the actual printed circuit board. But we are, have been jumping over those hurdles, and we're very close to just completely finishing that process. Yeah. Gianna, yeah, um, how about for you? Any moment yeah. that you ever doubt yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, the thing is, is like when you're starting, you have this idea. For me, I understood the science, and I knew how important this was for um, female reproductive health. And I think in the beginning, I doubted a lot, like are other people going to see how important this is? And it was just little things. Like I pitched at the first Eureka event, um, my first Eureka event, which was the second one in the spring semester of 2022. And I just, I felt like I got validation, not only from the reviewers, but even Brian was there, Chris. And a lot of people in the audience was like, you are doing something that's very important. And it gave me the confidence. I was like, okay, people see that there is this space where there is a lack of education, a lack of research, and um, people see the importance and the need. And then um, it even went to when I posted my first TikTok talking about my story, um, it went viral. I got 2.1 million views on that TikTok, and I had so many people fill out a um, a wait list waiting for my product to be launched. This happened in June when the video went viral, just sharing my story and the fact that I was working on this. And so many people had left um, a little message in their wait list sign up talking about their experience and sharing some intimate, um, very personal experiences that made me realize that just from this TikTok and just from my story, they trust me and they trust my brand and they trust my product. And it gave me like all of that doubt instantly went away because I was so scared. I was like, I don't know if this is going to resonate with people, but I, I had the belief, I believed in the product, but I didn't know if it would resonate with others. And thankfully, 
now it's that doubt has just subsided. I know the value in it, and I know other people see it too. I'm glad the doubt is gone, and I, but I know the challenges are not. What Absolutely. what what are what challenges are you facing today with with your company? Yeah, so I small business. Um, I'm shipping out of my childhood bedroom, so that's something that I need to get out of. So I'm looking for an office space, and once I'm able to do that, I will be able to scale up my manufacturing. That's something that I really want to do. I want to scale up my production. That way, I can reach even more uh, women and people um, to take this supplement. Right now, I've been very careful on even the amount of marketing I do just because I don't want to have an influx of orders that I can't handle as a small business. I'm doing it very strategically. I mean, I think um, as a small business, how you handle things like orders, fu- order fulfillments and things like that is very important. And my customers mean a lot to me. So I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. And so I've been very careful with the amount um, of marketing that I'm doing just because, you know, I'm small, uh, still at a smaller scale. But once I expand into an office space, which I'm hoping will be relatively soon, I can then uh, scale up my production and then even hire somebody to fulfill orders so that me as the founder and CEO, if if you will, can allocate her time to other things um, for with Meraki Co. than fulfilling orders. I can actually have a helping hand. So, unanticipated growth is um, is still a problem, right? Yes, it is still something yes. that you have to you have to manage Absolutely. towards. Yes, and and Serena, um, how about you? Same same question. Did, you know, were there moments of uh, moments of doubt along the way? Yeah, I was always struggling with moments of doubt, even from the start. Um, I'd mentioned that I'd only. I'd only been focused on the analysis during that winter break when I was trying to learn everything I could about hair. Um, I wasn't going to even launch back in 2020. I wasn't even going to launch until I had the analysis set up, but I ended up switching from starting the analysis to learning how to make products and then building up from there. And then um, technology, like Brian has mentioned, like for me has always been an issue. Scaling a hair analysis that's done by hand by person is really hard. And making a custom product is very hard for a person, like by one person, just the unit economics of it. Um, and balancing school all on top of that. So I'm trying to finish my degree in engineering. And then I'm also finishing my minor. I used to minor in product design. I had to drop that. I would stay up till 2 a.m. making products, have to go to class at seven. It was really hard for me to balance like being a student and running a business. And there were times where like, I was thinking like, is it worth it? And there were, I even had peers asking me like, are you working too hard? Like, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, do you have too much grit? Like, why are you doing this? (laughs) And um, I actually launched my business in my sister's kitchen. So during COVID, so everyone was going a little cabin crazy and me taking up her kitchen. She was she she was very kind and let me have a cabinet, but sometimes <laughs> it could get a little messy and I had a two-year-old niece at the time and she was just everywhere. She tried to eat the products, wasn't great. <laughs> um and balancing that school and then continuing research at the same time has been very, very difficult. And are, are those are those your challenges today or do you face different challenges currently? My challenges today, it ha- it's kind of been alleviated because I'm able to work on follicle full time and then apprenticing with Dig Labs and learning how to develop the software and the technology I need to scale the analysis has been really helpful. Um, but it's still, it's not something I can just like as Brian said the technology I'm building isn't something I can like look up 
like a YouTube video on. There's so many different perspectives on hair and the science is the core of it, but sometimes with social media platforms or even the internet, people get confused on like what science and what is whatever people believe and it can kind of confuse consumers and that's kind of the battle I'm working on now and it's the battle I'm going to have to face in the future and forever the whole lifespan of all of you. I have um well I have two questions for you one of them uh, will be is a standard question I'll save that for a moment but the the last thing I want to ask you is I've heard you now for the last 40 minutes or so in in almost all of your answers you've mentioned someone else who has you know influenced you or mentored you uh, whether it be a professor or Chris or somebody at Baker or somebody uh, in, in the sciences for, for Chiana and Serena. Um, could you share with our audience how mentorship has influenced your journey? For me, as I said, I came in no business knowledge. And um, I think part of it was definitely my willingness to learn. I think that's one of the biggest things when you come into this new space. You have to have an open mind and really want to learn. And I, I did have that. Um, so I went into the Baker Institute. And the amazing thing with them is the mentorship is if they specifically, let's say Chris doesn't know the answer to someone, to something, he knows someone who does. And so he can connect me with that person, um, whether it's someone in his immediate circle like Lisa or Andrew, or then it's, oh, I know someone externally who can help you. And so that mentorship of just then having the connections, like knowing one person and then being able to ask a question and them saying, I might not know the answer, but I know someone who does, is so valuable. And that's what really has helped me learn so much about the space and learn how to become an entrepreneur. And I met you all through Jamie uh, Flinchbaugh and at, at the end of the summer mm -hmm. uh, boost program. Now, was that, and, and you'll have to educate me as well, as well as the audience, was that program part of Ventures Lab or is that was that a separate experience that you all did this summer with Jamie? Help help contextualize that for the audience, please. That was like a pilot experience. Uh, we were kind of uh, that like whenever you're making like a product, you have like an MVP, a minimum valuable pro product. That's kind of like the see what the market's like and see how people react to the product. And we are essentially, we were working through the program, which is the product to mm -hmm. see if there was any obstacles or anything they were missing. They had met back in, they had a team that met back in May, I believe, that had brainstormed what Ventures Lab and what boosts would look like. And we were just kind of going through it to see if there were any problems or with the program or problems with any like meeting times or anything through like living like an entrepreneur and graduate like post graduation um that they couldn't have seen well you've you've all set the bar pretty high uh, <laughs> uh we'll have to track who comes after you serena how about you uh and and your thoughts on the importance of mentors um, in my journey, the import, like mentors have been critical to my experience. Um, the only reason I, well, one of the reasons why I went straight to a hair analysis to create a product or recommend a product, 
Um, I used to work in Professor Leslie Chow's lab. It's a tissue engineering lab, and I've been introduced to um, testing mechanical structures of scaffolding and changing the ar architecture. And some of the analysis techniques and ideas came from, like my, came from my experience in the lab. And with I mentioned Josh Erig as my entrepreneurship entrepreneurship professor. I believe there are 16 credits in entrepreneurship and all of my credits are from Joshua Erig. I went out of my way to take his classes because I love them so much. <laughs> and with Chris, he's the one that connected me with Tara. When Chris and I met early in 2020, we got to a point where I was asking him questions he didn't really know the answer to just because he wasn't in the space. And um, he connected me with Tara Zadeko, who is the co-founder um, co and CEO of Dig Labs. And right now I'm working as like her apprentice to learn how to run a startup and also develop my software. So like without any of those mentor correct, um, connections with through Professor Chow, Professor Erig, Chris or Tara, like I don't know where I would be with Follicule or if I would still be like running Follicule. Yeah. Brian, what have, what have mentors meant to, to you and your partner? Um, I think it was very pivotal for us initially, um, Graham and I, because our initial mentors were both Chris Cosman and Stephen Goldwaith, and they were both um, essential in terms of giving us mentorship, but with the whole world of entrepreneurship and just running your own business, you don't know where you're going, and with having mentors to guide you where to go, there's not one set path to go, and me and my mentor, or me and, me and my co-founder always thought a bit of like, being in a dark cave, we don't know where we're at, but with these mentors, they're the light that lights us, like where we have to go. There's gonna be walls everywhere and obstacles, but with their mentorship and their guidance, we were able to go the right ways. We're not avoiding any obstacles. We still run into obstacles, but it's important to have mentorship. And they're the ones that gave us the validation and also just the affirmation of this is a product that is re revolutionary and made us believe that this is a product worth pursuing in the future and worth disrupting the industry for. Yeah. What advice would you have for for current Lehigh students who have this uh, passion or they have this um, itch that that they they want to scratch? And and I guess more interesting to me, the advice you would give to a Lehigh student today is that the same advice you would give to your eighteen or nineteen year old self? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could start. Um, specifically, there's one quote that comes into mind that I believe Stephen Goldwaith told us. Um, way in the beginning of our entrepreneurial journey, which was if there is a bend of the road, it's not the end of the end of the road unless you fail to take the turn. And specifically with that, it was um, close to us because there were so many iterations within our entrepreneurial journey um, that we had to go back and forth. We were always turning essentially metaphorically um, our idea, but also making sure that the product went somewhere. And basically that whole notion of not giving up is essential within the entrepreneurial journey because there are going to be a lot of moments where you are filled with doubt, but you need that motivation from your mentor to keep on going and keep on executing because you yourself are going to have doubts, but you can continue executing on the actual product. Yeah, I, I would just say just do it. I mean, you have an idea. If you think there's a problem and you have the solution, just do it. Trust yourself that the stars will align. I mean, it's not always going to look pretty, but the stars will align. It'll happen. It'll work. It'll work out. You have to trust yourself if you really believe in your own solution. And my very first Eureka pitch 
um, when I talked about how I went in, I hope everybody sees the value in this. Um, at the end, one of the reviewers uh, said a quote, and this has been the thing that will always stick with me. He said, never let failure get to your heart or success get to your head. And even with the little bit of success, it keeps me grounded knowing that I'm just helping so many women. And even though I might have a down a down day where it might seem like a little failure, I can't let that get to my heart. And then those up days can't get to my head. And so I just I just did it and I trusted myself and I would tell my 19-year-old self that as well. I think she would have never anticipated that this would be where I was at at 23 now. So, Serena, is there any advice that you would give to young aspiring entrepreneurs? I would say specifically at Lehigh or if you're in school um, to just do it. And um, because you learn so much from the entrepreneurial experiences and you can cater those experiences to whatever your your plans are post-graduation. And as you're in school to use your leverage your network as much as you can. Uh, mentorship has been a critical part of me developing my business. And I don't know where I would have been if I didn't have the mentors I did have. So network as much as you can take, take classes to help you with your business. Like I did, it helped a lot. Like I was still trying to balance school and running a business, but it also, it helped a lot because I did get a lot of guidance. Well, thank you. And and thank you uh, all for sharing a little bit of yourselves with uh, with me and with, uh, with our audience today. And there's one kind of final question that we, or I like to ask all of our guests. Now, I usually don't have three guests, so this will be, <laughs> um, I will ask each of you. It's an existential question. It's not original, but I often get interesting answers. And so my question to you, and I'll start with Brian, and then I'll go to John, and then I'll go to Serena. Um, Brian, is there anything that you know for sure? <laughs> That's Gianna laughing at her friend Brian. As he... I'm, I'm thinking. I, it's funny that you ask this because I get asked a lot of existential questions. And not that I'm trying to deflect the question. Um, <laughs> but I do get a lot, a lot of questions similar to this. And I have actually was close to minoring in philosophy in Lehigh. A small thing. <laughs> not sure if it should be included. But um, so... Can you repeat the question again? Yes. Um, I, I will ask the, the three of you, is there anything that you know for sure? Yes and no. So there's, there, I like to live my life by quotes as well, but yesterday's history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is, a, is the present, and that's why it's a gift. So we don't really know what's going to be coming up but we do know what has already happened. I love that. And so with that being said, you, we learn from our mistakes and we're living in the present and we're going day by day in our entrepreneurial journey working, not knowing what's going to come in the future, which is what makes it so exciting, not knowing what's coming. Thank you. <laughs> G- Gianna, is there anything oh, for God. which you are anything <laughs> for which you are certain, Gianna? Oh, um the only thing, I mean, I guess it's worth saying because it's the only thing that came to my head. Um, since I was young, like very little, I just had this feeling in my gut, in my heart, that I was here and meant to do something special. And I now believe that that's with Meraki Co. Um, 
So if you would have asked me this question before with Meraki Co., I still would have said, if there's anything that I know for certain is that I'm here to do something special. I don't know what that is. But I think now, for me, that is with Meraki Co., and I could be totally wrong. So, I mean, who knows? But for me, that I think that's my calling in life. And, I mean, I don't know then, based on that, like what Brian said, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next week, next month. But... If there's anything I can be certain about and know 100%, I was here to do something special. And I believe that that's with Meraki Co. Thank you. And Serena, <laughs> what is it that you know for sure? Um, the one thing I know for sure is that I can always keep learning. Like, I'll never know enough information. I think, like, even in the science world or any real world applications there's always so many different perspectives and so many different views on different topics and i think to keep learning and always learn will make you like the best like well-rounded person and the best person you can be and that includes being open to it so being open to learn and always to always learn and you'll never know everything is something i'll always know (laughs) Thank you, and and good luck with FollowQ, and good luck managing uh, the you know where you are, and and the app development that you're doing, and and Jana, uh, uh, continued success with 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 Marakiko and the um, unexpected growth that you're experiencing. <laughs> I hope that you continue to you. to uh, to experience that kind of growth, and and Brian with with OcuTrap and um, your perseverance as you have had to pivot multiple times and work through some supply chain challenges for some technological uh, things, components that you need. And, and I know you're determined to launch the company and, and we'll be, uh, We'll be tracking your success as well. Uh, I'll remind the audience again: please check out the inside the episode website. We're going to put uh, some some LinkedIn profiles and some websites, and uh, particularly for for Gian and for Serena's company, I'm going to encourage the our, our audience to go and buy product from these <laughs> folks and and keep an eye on 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 Brian's company. Uh, while it's going to be primarily B two B, there will be an opportunity for. Um, individuals like me who have a, a stray animal in the yard once in a while and want to want to <laughs> capture that animal safely uh, to to take advantage of uh, of Brian's technology. So, and before we finish, uh, one thing that we do at the Baker Institute, and I don't know if you know this, um, we do appreciations, and that's something that Chris has started and something that has stuck with me throughout my entire journey at the Baker Institute. And I do want to say, with this cohort specifically, I do appreciate them just being here. They have had challenges just like myself, and we all share these challenges, but they also motivate me to not only keep on going with the company, but also just keep on executing on the company because they're both very successful, particularly like like everyone within this cohort, and specifically Gianna and Serena. Gianna, when I was the entrepreneur in residence um, for the past year or so, she came out of like left field, and I we had no idea who she was at the time. I didn't know. And her presentation was so well polished. And after probably four to five years of just seeing Eureka presentations, probably one of the best that we've seen, Chris and I. And that's why we were like, this is just once in a lifetime, essentially. And then with Serena being my competitor at the 2020 um, Thalheimer Grand Prize pitch competition, I honestly thought we were going to lose because hers was a very well polished product. Also a very well polished um, just presentation itself. And with you, Joe, specifically, thank you just 
for allowing us to be on this podcast. And thank you for the listeners that are going to listen to this podcast in the future. Well, I, I won't speak for, for the, the listeners other than to say, I appreciate you all. And I know that our audience will appreciate you. And Lehigh appreciates all of you. And and th- thank you for, for all that you've done and all that you will do for Lehigh and for all the students that will come come behind you. I look forward to tracking your successes. So thank you for being with me today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, okay. thank you so thank much. This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University hosted by Joe Buck, Vice President for Development and Alumni Relations. I'm Chris Kautzman, the Baker Institute's Innovator in Residence. And I've had the privilege of working with Serena, Gianna, and Brian and watch them grow from passionate students with creative ideas to young alumni with ventures of their own. They inspire me and will continue to inspire the next generation of Lehigh entrepreneurs. Special thanks to producer Janet Norwood, media production specialist, Jarrett Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside the episode at lehigh.edu slash go-getters to learn more about Ventures Lab and the entrepreneurs and founders getting their start at Lehigh. Don't forget to subscribe to Go-Getters on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. And take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so other listeners can find us.